Philadelphia. Are you ready? <laughs> this is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome, everybody, to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And uh, on today's show, we have a returning guest, friend of the show. We have the one and only Mac Daddy, Ron Starr. Ron, welcome back to the show. Hey, brother. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be here. Appreciate it. So, so Ron, last time we had you on was, oof, I think Larry and I were talking about this. I want to say better part of two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. That was my second time on. I, I remember being on the, I was the first interview. Yes. You were. Yep. And then maybe a year after that, I, I came on, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Cause we, I, I believe it was right well, after a SmackDown. Cause I think we yeah. all went, we all went to a SmackDown in Philly. Mm-hmm. And yes, we talked we did. about that. Yeah. And uh, well, just to give it some, just to give it some, uh, some, some, pre- some precipice, it's been four years since my surgery. And I think I talked to you guys for the first time right after I had my surgery, so. Yes, yeah, you did. So, yeah, so yeah, it's about, so that's 2017, so it was 2021, Jesus, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but you know. We've, we've all grown a lot in those four years. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, bro. I, I'm, I'm, I just want to say I'm super duper proud of you guys keeping the podcast going. You know, I've seen uh, you, you've uh, been in touch with some people who I consider friends and family, uh, namely Devontae, I love that dude. I mean, there's so much stuff, and I just, I just, I'm really proud of the progress you guys are making. Appreciate that. Thank you. you know. Appreciate that. Oh, anytime, anytime. So the one reason, uh, one of the main reasons we wanted to have Ron on, and because we saw this pop up, Ron let us know this was coming to our area, and um, an event that Ron will be wrestling in, which we can't wait. We haven't seen uh, Ron wrestle, I think, in a while, a long time, since the Boys and Girls Club in Northeast yeah. was the last time we saw you wrestle. Yeah. So to see you on this card that you sent us is uh, the 13th of November, not this Saturday, the next Saturday, and it's Pro mm-hmm. Wrestling uh, Revolution and presents the definition. Well, it's actually Pro Wrestling R is the name of the is the name of the actual promotion. Okay, but um. The um, it's also called Project Wrestling Revolution because this is this actually has been a labor of love for me, you know. Um, this has been an idea that's been in 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 process for years, and I wanted the right opportunity, the right time, and the right environment to bring this out. I've always believed in giving back and lifting up those who came behind me and putting them on my shoulders and giving them a chance and a platform. And, and some place to shine. And I think um, what I'm going for with this with this uh, event is um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the, the term unsigned hype when it comes to hip hop. They always talk about these kids who are the new up and comers, guys who are, are are killing it in the game, and maybe they don't have the exposure that could like really catapult them or launch them to um, that next stratosphere. But they're they're killing they're killing it in the game, and. Uh, some of the talent that I've gotten that, that, that we've, we've assembled for this card, some of the best in the game. 
and it's all all generations, all styles, just from all over the place. Like primarily the Northeast, New York, New Jersey, Philly. You know, this this kids who I think really deserve that spotlight, they really deserve a chance to shine. Uh, like uh, for instance, a uh, kid named Adam Kane. Adam Kane is he's one he's a, he's a comer man. He's he's good kid. You know, uh, I I was I was he was brought to my attention by Shannon Hunter, the agent Shannon Hunter. She she brought him to my attention, and every time I've asked him to come out, you know, even with the other promotion that I've been uh, handling booking duties for, Alpha Omega Kingdom Wrestling, he has always performed at the top of the card. Just amazing, amazing young talent, and I, I just think you know, I love the, to give these some of these younger kids an opportunity to really, really shine. And he's one of those ones I really see in the future for this game. Um, guy named Isaiah Wolf, also from New York. He's he's a, another one, um, and I mean, like I said, this the the talent that I have on this card. It's just the beginning. There's so many people that I'm in touch with, people who are Ring of Honor, uh, Black Jesus signed to the NWA. I mean, there's so much talent, you know. I mean, and Jesus has been around for um, 21 years, and this is kind of full circle for us because um, in in the year 2000, I, I met him, took him under my wing, and he just took took that that little nudge out the nest, and he has just absolutely flown. One of the best in the game, international, world traveled, TV ready, always top talent. Anybody book G's, and that's just that, that that's just you know, and, and and people say, well, you trying to say I didn't I didn't I can't take credit for everything he's ever done. You know, I might have given that spark, but when I say he was hungry for this, he was hungry for this. And he he just took advantage of every every opportunity to learn, every seminar, every class he could go to. He learned from Skyda, Quackenbush, you know, he's everybody that he could just he was just, he was hungry for that knowledge and look at him now. Look at him now. Totally, you know, totally 21 years in, constantly reinventing himself and making himself better, you know. Yeah, you know, and for me to be across the ring for him, from him, that's pretty much the culmination of a dream match for me. So, you know, everybody says that one, that one you can do, and maybe after I'm done, I can hang them up. But you know, nobody ever hangs them up. But this is that one I could do, and hang them up. You know, this is that one that I've, this is that dream match that I've always wanted. People say, well, who, who's, who's your, who's your top, your top dream matches? I said, I'll be honest, I've had three matches I've always wanted. Um, Homicide, Steve Carino, and G. And uh, Carino, unfortunately, retired. I still may get a chance with Homicide. But, you know, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is one of those ones, you know. Well, this, I mean, this is def- you're booking two shows. I mean, I think you got a good shot if you just book yourself against Homicide. <laughs> well, and, and the funny part is we actually work together at Catalyst Wrestling in New York and New Jersey. So we're in... Uh, our paths might be doomed to cross. You know, the Carter group, uh, it's myself, Darius Carter, and O'Shea Edwards from Ring of Honor. You know, we, we're, 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 we're the top, top unit in, uh, in Catalyst Wrestling. And, you know, we, we're making a little noise up there. So who knows? Darius Carter's been making a lot of noise in a lot of different places over the past Man, year and a half, two years. Darius Carter is literally the – he is – wrestling's richest pride and I, I, I say that I say that with with no I, it's, it's no bias just 
I, I I've been watching him, and um, I just had to, I had the um, good fortune and the pleasure to work with him just uh, a month ago. He worked uh, worked against Kobe Carino, and like one of the most amazing matches I've ever seen, let alone a match that I've ever been in. But one of the most amazing matches I've ever seen, hmm. and the two of the it was just, and it was, you know, and nothing against the high spot kids because I think that takes so much heart and so much athleticism. Nothing against the high spot kids, but these guys just wrestled, and it was just like, oh, oh my god, it just, and I'm I'm in the match, but I'm ooing and I'm on. You know, it was uh, incredible to me. Incredible. You know, and I see O'Shea- a lot of I see a lot of like Randy Orton esque tendencies in Darius's game. A lot of slow, methodical plotting, and there's always a purpose for what he's doing. When I first met Darius at when Catalyst was still Capital Wrestling, I met him in the way he came to the ring his dress, his mannerisms. I said, you got this DBI, this, this DBI thing. It's like, it's something about the way he worked. And he's such a throwback, but he's so innovative. And again, like no cap, just cause I work with him. I mean, I, I, I'll tell a guy in a minute if I don't think they're any good, but, and, and then I, and I don't gas anybody up either. I'll tell you the honest to God truth, how I feel like in, in working, being fortunate enough to be working with Darius Carter, for as long as I have for the past three years, it's, 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 you know, really helped me to like really, cause you know, I, when I first came back to wrestling, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was kind of over it, but like, this has been the love for me for the past four years. And it's amazing to me that at my age, how, how it's just, it's so revitalized for me now. Cause I mean, after the surgery, I could have just said, Hey, I'm done. Walked away waved my cap and just walked up to the sunset. But like, I was given a chance at Capital Wrestling. I was given a chance at Super Crazy Wrestling. And these guys have put me in a position to really still entertain and tell good stories. And, you know, some of the personnel they've given me the opportunity to work with has really revitalized my love for this thing. So, and to be able to work with guys like Darius, like the, like like O'Shea, was like the rep, you know, Homicide, Julius Smokes, uh, being um, Casey Navarro, these guys, stuff that I've done. I mean, when we did the World War Four match, it was me, Sonny Kiss, Ronnie Big Bang Nicole, uh, Chuck Payne, and uh, Paul Jordan. You know, just some of the, some of the greatest young talent working in that area right now. You know, just and we got the the stuff that we did. We you know working with. Uh, Hot Boys International. We just had so much fun doing the stuff that we were doing. So you know, it's 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 been it's been a pleasure. It's been so much fun, and that's why I think I love how, what wrestling's doing now. You know, I love that there's so much going on, so much choice. There's so much availability. You know, and uh, literally, there's wrestling on every night of the week. Raw, NXT, uh, what's the uh, Dynamite, Don. Uh, Rampage, uh, even even Impact has really been entertaining me lately, you know, and SmackDown, of course, and Rampage. I mean, so much wrestling. It kind of reminds me of Haiti in the 80s, where on Saturday, you could literally start watching wrestling at 12 noon, 
and you wouldn't be done rest, watching wrestling until 10, 10 at night. And it was so much on TV, world class, AWA, WWC, not, alone, not, not to mention the NWA and WWF and UWF. There was so much stuff on TV at one point. Just so much, so much, so much variety. Yeah, I think and that's, that's where I, we, we get, we're so spoiled with all this that mm-hmm. I think fans forget what it was like to only have one company <laughs> and like yeah. WWE be it. Like we are so spoiled right now an embarrassment of riches when it comes to professional wrestling, whether it be the indies or the TV wrestling, there is just, you can, you go crazy trying to watch every single hour of wrestling that there's actually on uh, during a week. And not, not to mention that the pandemic made everyone so creative. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you have IWTV, but so creative, so much, so much variety. Like I have IWTV and uh, every, 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 I'm getting it. This is starting, that's starting. Uh, Billy Dixon's pa- Paris is bumping. Two of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. Billy Dixon's phenomenal storyteller, phenomenal writer. Just two great cards, two years in a row. You know, then you got a uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling. You got so much stuff that you can see, not to mention H2O. CZW, uh, the Monster Factory. There's so much variety on IWTV, on the internet, on YouTube. There's so much, and I think to have these, this, 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 the dialogue of, oh, WWE is done or AEW, it, it's wrestling. It's wrestling. Freaking enjoy it. Like, um. Somebody call me a Vincel. <laughs> what? A Vincel. Because oh, a, a I, Vincel, that's Vince McMahon? Yeah, they, they called me a Vincel. I said, wait, wait, you, you, you're under the impression that I like WWE more than I like AEW. And, of course, you know, he, he couldn't have been no, no older than my kid. But, you know, <laughs> internet, internet muscles, you know, I, I, I'll smack the crap out of you if I see you in person. You know, but internet muscles and everyone... Oh, you're just a Vincel. And I said, bro, let me tell you something. I've probably been wrestling longer than you've been breathing. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed this. Like, everybody hated on uh, the Ghostbusters match. And that was absolutely brilliant. And I mean, it was brilliant because they were dressed in Ghostbusters, but they they kind of they they nodded to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was so much, and it was really well done, really well written. Um, especially the reveal at the end with Adam Page, it was so well done. It was great, and to see Coca Band, all these guys just really giving it all. And that was just, and I caught myself like, oh, this is great. I was like really really digging it and enjoying it, you know. All right, you know. I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. <laughs> the only the only problem I had with that is that I hate the world champion looking like that. Like I hate I hate the your 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 supposed face of the company and the best wrestler in the world. I hate I hate putting them in that spot. I've always hated the corny world champion look. Like there's corny in a sense that like okay you're supposed to be like this bratty, but like. When you go from what you were to now, I mean, I just, it just, it doesn't sit right with me. It's like dressing Bret Hart up as the 
gobbledygooker and having to come out and, and wrestle. Make no mistake. Kenny Omega is still one of the very best at what he does. I, I do believe that. Kenny Omega is still one of the very best. And see, you forgot. Well, you probably didn't forget. Kenny Omega wrestled a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we knew that. I, I did know yeah. that. And I enjoyed that. Because you know what he did? It wasn't about the girl. It was about the respect of wrestling. And, and, and I know you're going to be like, what? But there's a kid I just mentioned earlier who was doing the same thing. Kobe Carino was in Japan with his dad at six and seven years old, wrestling with his dad. And no one cared about that. No one said a thing about that. And I, and I get it, but it's still entertainment. It's still, but, you know, I enjoyed, I, and just think Makoto Ibushi wrestling a doll, the same mm-hmm. thing. I just, so I enjoy it. I know. And that's why there's a flavor for everybody. That just, and that just, a, it, they're just and that, I mean, but we're we're not going to see. I mean, they're obviously paving the road for um, Adam, um, Hangman Adam Page and uh, Kenny Omega down. They're obviously paving, paving the road for that. Yeah, full and, and, and I, and, yeah. That's so gonna be that, that's gonna be on the same night as your show. Yeah, and that's 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 all. And listen, and more than they're Mary. trying to they're trying to freaking outrun you. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Oh no! No 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 no! I, I listen. I'm glad they're still around after two years. I really am. Like I said, there's an alternative, and and that's the other thing people don't understand. I have friends who worked everywhere. I have friends in NXT. I have friends in AEW. I have friends in Impact. I have friends in. I have friends in everywhere. Ring of Honor. You know, I love seeing my friends on TV. I love seeing my friends on pay per view. You know, I did. Hey, the more the I want more of my friends to get on it on on, on on these national spotlights. And that's so, the thing you know, about I, this whole, this whole war thing. Like, it, there's a difference nowadays because a lot of the people that are in each of these companies, they're all friends anyway. Yep. There was Everybody a movie in friends. a movie in the year 2000 called Romeo Must Die, okay. and there was there was a line, and they say even fake wars have casualties. Yeah, and I, this is more of a media war. These people don't care. I'm getting paid. I'm like somebody told me. I, I I had I had a skewed sense. I said, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, when I look at my bank account, that should that's all that should matter. Make when my check clears and I can I can do the things I want to do. These these guys are still. This is what they're doing for a living, and they also understand you can't wrestle at that breakneck pace all the time. Especially if you're trying to run every week on TV, two or three shows a week. Not to mention also in impact. Well, at this point, at this point, he's he's probably exclusively in AEW. Remember, at one point he was wrestling in AEW and Impact and probably Triple A too. You know, that's 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 the kind of pace he was wrestling. You know, so you gotta slow it down, you gotta change it up. Because every match, every match cannot be a five star wild fest. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. are a lot more uh, aware of longevity and body preservation than they were back in the 80s and 90s. I mean, and even if you'd have told me, if you'd have told me at 30, I'd still be doing this at 51. I've told you out of your mind, you know, <laughs> just, you know, you, you I, I would have told you you were out of your mind. There's no way in the world I'm still going to be doing this and doing it better than I did it when I was 30. That's, that's, that's the crazy part, you know, but times change, things change, people change, you know, so, Ron, I do want to ask you, since you are 
like you said, you're always an optimist when it comes to wrestling. You find the good in a lot of it. You, it's not a lot of wrestling I've seen you really be negative about or or dislike. Um, so when it comes to the conversation of professional wrestling and sports entertainment, and how WWE or <clears throat> Vince doesn't like the word wrestling anymore. It's sports entertainment. You're not even allowed to say wrestler. It's always entertainer. What, what to you, does that bother you at all as a, a professional wrestler? Like, does that bother you or doesn't it matter to you because that's just one guy's opinion? Or it's do you literally... consider yourself a, a wrestling entertainer? Do you consider yourself oh, a hybrid? Tr trust me, I have been, I have found ways. I wore a diaper for six months on the indies. <laughs> <laughs> I I did because were you and, big baby monster? <laughs> I and and literally, and literally it was a punishment for um no and, and and I'll be I'll be I'll be a hundred about this at the point um it was in 1997 I was working for a company called the Grand Wrestling Alliance and we were young and we I really didn't know all the I didn't understand all the etiquette and protocol and you know sometimes you complain kind of loud. And okay, well, this is what we're gonna do with you right now. Or we're still gonna use you, but you know, it's up to you how you handle your punishment. And so um, I think it might've been a third or fourth show. We were at the Blue Horizon at this point. And so um, the booker and the, and the promoter, there were two people, two, two of us say, I'm not gonna mention the other person's name, but they both, they said that, you know, we were both kind of uh, uh, running our mouths a little much. And I get it, it was, um, and to give it some context, um, October 1997, there was a show called Battle for All the Belts. And I worked a guy named Jake Lawless. Jake Lawless was seven foot, 300 pounds. He, he was cut. He facially looked like Kevin Nash. So, you know, he was he probably not as talented or as talented as Kevin Nash, but he did a powerbomb as a finish. So um, I might have told the story about the ring breaking before. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the that's the match where I got powerbomb, the ring broke, and the fans went crazy in the building. It was on the news. It made ESPN's top ten. It was you know crazy, but I kind of felt like they were giving him all the rub for it. And I'm like, well, I'm the one that took the powerbomb. What about me? Mm -hmm. I could have died. But of course, at, tw at 27 years old, God, even say that. At 27 years old, you don't even understand. And when I, I, I might have been two years in the, two years in a game, you know, in the business, I didn't understand how things worked. Like here, you'll take this, you'll take this L here, but you'll get yours, and you'll get yours on the back end. I didn't understand that because I was working there, working the field. I wasn't like traveling, traveling like I like I wanted to at that point. I was, you know doing paying my dues selling tickets you know and my friends were like oh why are they clowning you but so i complained i did complain so um and then there was another guy who was complaining but he was complaining that all he did was put other people over so they actually had us work and i put him over and they did a they they, they what they did was they put him over but then they stopped using him and they didn't use him anymore. And then me, they put me in the diaper. And they wanted to see how I would handle it. 
And look, I'm look, I'm about the Benjamins. I'm 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 uh, look, let's go. I I threw a tantrum, I kicked, I screamed, and you know, I did everything I was supposed to do in this diaper. And the guy, so the promoter said, All right, well, listen, I gotta admit, you really handled it like a champ. You really took it, you ran with it, you made it your own. And it really got us some some publicity. So at that point on, he they really started to push me push me to like I was the top guy in the company at that point like it was like and 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 I, and I understood at that point at that after that I understood you, you, you sometimes you got to suffer some in order to get what you got going on so I've, I've always been about the entertainment and they and you always hear guys say Vince tell me to wear a pink tutu I sign in a minute maybe you know <laughs> you know people people are, are always talking about I ain't gonna do this I ain't gonna do that look the difference between you working at GameStop and you getting a check that says Titan Sports every 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 two weeks, you know that that's that you you will get off your high horse in a heartbeat, and you'll say, okay, I'll be at the creative meeting. What am I doing? You know, and and people they can say it, and but that's that's also that's the juxtaposition too with working for them because they work a different way, and that's even increased. More as he's become more of an entertainment brand. All right, well, you gotta be here, you gotta be here for TV, you gotta go do your charities. I'm just you gotta be here, you gotta be here for TV. And then you get guys who have never who ain't bumped since they had acne, and they're talking about, oh, why, why are they even talking about this guy? He's in catering. Man, you wish you were in catering. <laughs> you I mean, you there's food in catering you, and you're getting paid for food. You're getting paid, and guess what? You get paid to train and work on your body, and you get you're going to get your shot because just because you're not on TV doesn't mean you're not doing the house shows. You're not on the roof. You're getting paid to be there. You got a guaranteed paycheck. People used to laugh and joke about uh, Brutus Beefcake. I said, "Do you know what Brutus Beefcake has to do every week to get his, to get paid? Go to the mailbox." Because mm-hmm. Hogan made sure he had an ironclad deal that paid him for so many years. And that's what you and you do what you, you do what you're supposed to do. You play the game, you get taken care of. That's guess and people talk about um R Truth. R Truth been there how many years? And Vince loves truth. Loves truth. Look, let me tell you something. These cats don't even understand. They wish they could get half of what half these guys done. Same, and then it also kills me. You're supposed to be a wrestler. You're supposed to be in the know. You're supposed to be in the game. And you're talking about what you wouldn't do and what you hate, bruh. Wear the Ghostbusters outfits. I'm. I, let me be Winston. I'll be out there, <laughs> bruh. You want to dive on me? Come on, let's go. I'll be the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I'll dress up as a dog. You don't get it. You're getting paid. <clears throat> oh, I wouldn't take that. I would. But again, they don't under, and a lot of them don't understand. There was so much wrestling at one point. Everybody was trying to get on, uh, and, and even like, like I've seen the birth and unfortunately the hiatus of Ring of Honor right now. I've yeah. seen it coming. You know, I mean, and again, I got friends who work there now. You know, and then like, my my man Caprice called me. He's, he's taking care of his family, working for Ring of Honor, and I get it. You know, they're going to honor your contract or whatever, and. And but it, this is somebody's job. 
that's like the post office saying, hey, we've come to terms with Ron Jones on his on, on his contract. We wish him well in his future endeavors. Like that would crush me. This has me in eat. And suddenly, oh, you're not gonna have a job at the beginning of the year. Like that's people don't realize there's are still real people. Yep. These are still real people with families and stuff they gotta pay and kids they gotta get braces and braces are not cheap. I got two teenage kids now. Braces ain't cheap. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so people don't even understand this is this is how these people eat. This is how they, you know, and, and they're guys who are do they do it for the love, but they still take it seriously too. You let know, me, it let, is what it let me ask you this. Going on that point of guys and girls saying they're not going to do this. Now, do you think a lot of that is them getting gassed up by social media, like people telling them like, oh, you deserve better. You deserve better. So now they get it in their head like, oh, yeah, these people that I don't ever have never seen or talked to before, they're telling me that I deserve better. Do you think that that plays a part of it? Let me tell you something about social media. Social media is the greatest and the very worst thing to ever happen to professional wrestling. Agreed. Mm-hmm. The greatest and the worst. And I've seen, I've seen the advent of social media in, in, in professional wrestling. I remember being, um, I guess it was 98. I got an Angel Fire website and I thought I was doing something, you know, with the little, the little blingy pictures and stuff like that. And, you know. Do you still uh, have it up and running? <laughs> I, I, I tried to access it. I don't think Angel Fire is even a thing anymore. No, I don't I, think so I, either. <laughs> I had an Angel Fire set, a site. I had a, a Lycos page. I had a Hypermark page. Like you know, you do it. But then, um, Facebook, MySpace, everybody's their own webmaster now, mm-hmm. and everything is Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You know, and I, I did, MySpace was great. Because you can put music on my... I mean, Facebook yeah, is cool, but exactly. it's, it's... it's. I've never seen so many internet gangsters in my life, though. Yes, absolutely. Never seen, you know, never seen so many internet gangsters and, you know... I've been of where I find, I find the naysayers, and I've mentioned this on other shows before, naysayers and people that are just constantly, like, like... I'll use Charlotte Flair or Reigns, Roman Reigns as a, for instance. There were so many people that were so down on them that it made me appreciate them even more. Like I started to like everything. Like I would pay attention more and I started to like certain things about what they did. Charlotte Flair is nothing more than the epitome of her father right now. She is literally on that same heel level as her dad. She can literally do anything. Yes, and and you know what people hate on her, and I love, I love how even even like the Becky Lynch heel turn. I mean, great! You need heels. You need. I've always thought this should always be good guys and bad guys. You need good guys. You need bad guys. And people have hated on Roman Reigns since the very beginning. Yeah, right now he, he's he's killing it. He's smashing the game right now. And He's ar- arguably the most popular or most over wrestler in any listen, But no matter what, when you become a heel, you become the biggest baby face. No matter what you do, the biggest heels become the biggest baby Because Steve Austin was a, not a baby face. Well, the Rock was not a baby face. No, they were all those 
edgy, supposed to be bad, but everyone loved them. Everyone loved them. And to even to the point John Cena was not a baby face. John John Cena was a mm, I don't want to say the word, but that's what he was. When he first did the when he first did that rap gimmick, you know, it was just like, dude, I, dude, I hate this guy. Like then he does one movie and everyone loves him, you know, and you know, they should have pulled the trigger on his face, his heel turn a long time ago, and they just did they missed that opportunity. Yeah, could you absolutely. imagine? A John Cena heel turn when he goes back to the old prototype look or the old when he first debuted with the shorts and the boots and not if, only if that, but he learned how to he learned how to talk over the years too. And he got so good at it. His heel work would have been the best, maybe better than anybody else. I remember a promo and he says, Oh, baloney fudge and mustard. And when he said it, I I kind of laughed like it was the funniest thing I ever heard. Because when you hear it, I was like, did he just curse? No, he said bologna fudge and mustard, but it's, <laughs> it was like the greatest thing. It was just three words that made no sense together, but it sounded like, you know, oh, bologna fudge and mustard. I'm like, it kind of sounded like he cursed, but he didn't curse. And then he's, he's all shut the front door. Like he's saying stuff like, you know, to, to keep people upset, but it was so funny. It was brilliant. Like, and like you said, he learned to talk brilliant and like even Roman Reigns Roman Reigns his cadence has gotten slow and menacing and it's like he's like I'm going to spend my time to talk to you even though I don't think you're worth me talking to but I'm going to get my point across because I I run this yard I mean thank God he's the tribal chief he's not the big dog you know he says what he is yeah he says this you know, I am your try. I mean, it just the way he is now, he is the quintessential heel right now. Mm-hmm. He's got like and, that and, slow Undertaker type uh, delivery, and even his walk to the ring takes forever. So, yep. you know, like he that pisses people off. You know who he reminds me of? And this is this is a name from the past Don Morocco. Okay, I just watched, Don, I think I just watched the video of him benching 615 pounds. Don Morocco was was such an underappreciated, underused heel. He was a great heel. He was a great intercontinental champion. That kind of was kind of kind. When when I always and thought he had a look too. What ha- what happened there? After after Snuka, they put him with they put him with Tito, but they moved Tito right to um, Greg Valentine, and they really didn't do a whole lot with Tito and Morocco again, you know because. Um, I think they were trying to at one point groom Tito to be the next. Yeah. But then he was uh, definitely over Hogan. at one point. Oh my God, yes. Uh Tito Tito Santana was probably one of, one of my favorites of all time. You know, and it was so funny meeting and working with him later. Like I met him in um 98. We worked at NAWA in Connecticut. And it was like, okay, you're working here with him. You're not 13. You're working with try to try to reel him in. You know, but it was, you know. It was really cool to like work with him and, and he was so, and then like I saw him again up in York PA and he remembered me and like this, you know, hey, what's up brother? You know, it's really cool. You know, it's kind of cool to be in, in the locker room with a guy you grew up watching and idolizing and he, he looks at you as like a contemporary, you know? That was crazy, yeah. But yeah, but, I, but Morocco always had this slow, menacing cadence 
And when I get a hold of you, brother, I mean, he would just say it and be so mean. And he's just like, he's just going to kill this guy, you know? That's how it was. And then I think at one point they tried to turn him babyface when he was with uh, him and Superstar Billy Graham were tagging. You know, and I guess they were trying to make something out of that because they were both, they were both real, real, real jacked up and they wore the tie dye and stuff like that. But because he, it just didn't really catch on. And then Vince was transitioning out of the older, the older Carney um, territory, and he was really trying to move into that sports entertainment model, you know. And that's why, and that took that took time because I remember in the eighties, I absolutely hated WWF. Like hated it, hated it. The Red Rooster. That's Terry Taylor. What do you mean the Red Rooster? That's Terry Taylor. Coco you know, Beware. Coco Beware. He is legit. Probably the hardest I've ever been hit with a chair ever in my life. <laughs> he, we, he came into Philly for a Grand Wrestling Alliance show in April of '98, and somehow the other day thought it would be cool to have him. Because the match kind of really broke down. The cage was terrible. The cage was like literally falling apart off the ring. It was like a it was like a makeshift bootleg cage. They, it was like they got the they didn't really have a cage for the ring. They just got cage pieces and strapped it to the ring. It was crazy. And then like the, one of the one of the doors got open and people ran out. People ran it. And like they laid me on a table and Coco just waffled me with a chair. And I was in pain for days, <laughs> but you know he 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 was a, he was he was a legit tough dude. I wouldn't mess with that guy. But yeah, uh, I but watched yeah, a but, lot of his matches before the WWF, and it's like, wow, this is what he could have been if he yeah. didn't, if he wasn't dealt that. And they kept trying to repackage him. They even had him in um, Nardhart wearing the funny pants at one point. No, it was him and. Was it Owen? Owen. Owen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they had the pink and the green neon, and then they had like the Zubaz uh, tie-dye pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like, ah, okay. <laughs> I remember there was, I mean, they in WWE, WWF, they had some crazy tag team combinations that like came and went. Because I remember um, X-Pac and one of the headbangers, Mosh, I think it was, they were a tag team for like Two seconds. It was like, well, that was never. They called they called them like X Factor or something like that. It was so (laughs) weird because it was like kind of post Degeneration X because they were repackaging Trips to be the Trips we know now. Yeah, yeah, the game. Yeah, Sean was out. I think um, China was gone by this point. Uh, It was just so weird. You know, it was just one of those, and I even think Road Dog and Road Dog and Billy Gunn weren't even doing anything at that point. It was, it was like it was like that ninety nine two thousand, really that really weird era, before the before the alliance and the merger, and it was this, it was that really weird period. It was like, yeah, yeah, they just, pretty much they pretty much won, and it was like yeah, okay, kind we of, won now, now. What you yeah, know they let. They had they were able to let their guard down and it kind of just went yeah went a little haywire for a little bit then thankfully that, ruthless aggression picked it back up yeah I loved the whole ruthless aggression era you know I loved Angle you know when Angle just he was probably the best wrestler on the on the on the roster at that point 
Are we talking about hair angle or bald head angle? Oh, bald, bald mean angle. <laughs> yeah, bald mean. Uh, Daniel Pewter will never do that again to anybody else. Angle. <laughs> that dude, you know, and that's also about the time when the radicals, which was a good time too, you know, when those guys came in. Yeah, yeah. you know, I remember meeting Perry Saturn in '97 at um at a at an ECW house show. And that dude just seemed like he would just kill you. <laughs> he still, he was really cool. I think Taz was a little more intense than he was at that point. But those guys were really, you know, just to, and just to see him on the WWE. But he's one of those ones that he kind of didn't fit anywhere. No, that no. that mop that moppy thing was stupid because I, I used to love the Eliminators in 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 ECW, the Eliminators and the the Gangsters, Eliminators and the Dudleys, mm-hmm. like. Still love watching the Eliminators, you know. You know, him and Cronus got busted dead, you know, just I mean they had a pretty good run with Raven yeah. and yeah. WCW, like when they were all part yeah. of Raven's flock. I remember watching that. I like that. And then Goldberg pretty much dismantled that group. Yeah. <laughs> I I think there, there's so many ways they could have gone with the whole we bought WCW now, what do we do? I think in retrospect, I think he wanted to kill WCW because it was Ted Turner's idea. I think that's why he wanted to kill WCW. When you really could have kept it viable and you could have had him on one show, Shane on the other show. And literally, that, that could have gone some... Like, I mean, he'd have been collecting checks on both sides. Yeah, But I get it. His ego said, we're going to kill this because I'm Vince McMahon. Yeah, I mean, like, who really came out of the WCW locker room and flourished? I mean, you had Book. I mean, Booker, Booker, yeah. Booker T for a little bit. You had Eddie, but Eddie was already pretty much a – he was converted. Well, yeah, Eddie – but Eddie but Eddie was also second generation, too. So he yeah. was going to be a star no, – he, he was going to be a star no matter what. Same with Benoit. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Jericho? I thought – Jericho oh, yeah, came over yeah. before they got bought out. But, yeah, but Jericho was here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember when they said Raw is Jericho and and Vince, <laughs> no, no, Vince Rock says, who? <laughs> <laughs> that still goes down as one of my favorite promos of all time, those two. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have a favorite promo? That is that it? Uh that's gotta be top three for me. I don't know. I mean, there's so many good rock promos that I love the rock so much. Anytime I have, I have a favorite rock promo. It was uh, the rock talking about Billy Gunn. And he says, dear God, it's me, Billy. I just won King of the Ring, but everyone says I'm absolutely, I absolutely suck. And God says, Bob, my name's, that was one of my favorite (laughs) promos. And then the angels call him a jabroni. That was one of my favorite. Like every now and then, to me, to me, that's up there with Slick Rick. And uh, we snack on danger. We snack on danger and dine on death. And dead men don't get paid. And hard times by Dusty Rose. That's up there with those. You know, the iconic promos. Mm-hmm. You know, know. he's had so many of them. It's really hard to like anytime he opened his mouth when he was like locked in, when he went from Maya V to The Rock. And that was a hard transition. Mm -hmm. 
that was a that was because he had to he had to find his pace. But I remember see when he was Rocky Maivia, I I knew him as Flex Cavana from USWA. Yeah. I was like, that's 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 Flex Cavana. Oh man, that's Rocky's kid. Like when I when I put it together, so I remember watching him and uh, him and him and Bart Sawyer were a tag team at first, and then I saw him work Lawler on USWA TV not knowing that in a month he'd be up top, you know, because I didn't, wasn't he, I wasn't. He was thrown in there with Savio Vega when he got in there, right? Wasn't it, didn't him and Savio Vega have, like when he was Maya Villa? Yeah. Yeah, because was that, was that the, not the Mexicos, what were their names? The Bur- Los Bariquas, yeah. Los Bariquas, I think, wasn't it Los Bariquas in a Nation or something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, you know, and, and, and everybody in Los Barricos was great, but I just kind of thought it was so um, stereotypical. I just like, kind of, kind of cringy now, but, you know, you know. Here's the thing. Know, I, th- I never, I always wondered this in WWE, and I know you're not going to be able to answer it, but between Farouk, Ron Simmons, how he never won the world title in WWF, WWE, is mind-boggling. I know he's a multi-time tag team champion and whatnot with the APA, but like, I still go back and I watch when he power slams Vader and beats Vader, and I still get goosebumps when I watch that. Like he listen, had it. Like he had it. Listen, and and I that's that's one of the most iconic moments. Um, as a kid, I remember that. Um, I remember that. And it was so funny that you wouldn't see another black world champion for years. Uh, and, and that's the other thing people don't realize about Ron Killings. Ron Killings is a two-time NWA world champion, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, you got The Rock. Booker T was world champion, you know? And then to see that within the last five years, you had Kofi become the world champion. You've had Bobby Lashley become world champion. Then you've had Big E beat Bobby Lashley to become the world champion. And now Moose is world champion on Impact. I mean, as a person of color, you know, there are so many people I thought who were, were worthy of being world champions, but for whatever reason, politics, um, maybe the, the, the fear of the ability to get over, you know, they, uh, it's never happened. You know, but like, I'm looking at, and, and, and same thing with Bianca Belair and Naomi. I mean, this is all within the last 10 years. All these people have been held, have held world championships, and I think it's um, it's good as a, as, a, as a person of color, as a man of color, as a black man in, in a in a pro wrestling game. I've always been told you're never going to mount, you're never going to do this, you're never going to. And you know, fortunately, I have uh, seen. I've I've been blessed to be in this game for 26 years, and you know, I've had great opportunities. You know. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think it's good at this point for young kids to see that, you know, anybody can achieve, you know, and uh, what uh, Woods, the king of the ring now, you know, it's, that's mm-hmm. something you've never seen. He and lobbied like, for that and won it. Like, he, and that's good. Like, he, he, like, he was the whole reason for that. If he didn't win it, there was going to be a riot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, same, same thing with, same thing with, uh, with, with, uh, with Kofi. Like, you knew what was going to happen, but the emotion behind it 
was crazy. Being there live like, was I, incredible. Yes, it was. But I when I saw it, I was like, oh my! And like, and I saw it, and the moment happened. I've only teared up a few times in 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 observing wrestling. I've only teared up a few times. First time I ever remember tearing up was when I watched um, G's on Impact for the first time. You know, this is a kid, you know, like I said, took him under my wing and to watch him on national TV on Impact. And then he wins his match, you know, and, and, and then, they, then they let him talk. You know, I'm like, I, I, I could have been prouder of anybody. You know, then the moment when Kofi won, I teared up. And honestly, when Big E beat Bobby Lashley, I mean, I, it was predictable, but it was still a great moment because they had enough faith in how things are changing to, to make this go from, from one, one man of color to another man of color. And, you know, because I've, I've seen the WWE, the WWE, WF, people have won championship and the next night they'll lose them, right? Kane won the world championship from Stone Cold Steve Austin and dropped it back, back to him on the next night on Raw. Yep. Um, Cardona, what was his name? Zack Ryder Zach, wins the Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title in that ladder match dropped and dropped it, it to the Miz. Dropped it the yep. next night. Yep. I hated I that. Mean, it, and, and I said, oh, are they going to miss this guy? And like, and honestly, I didn't think Kofi was going to have as long a run as he did as a world champion. I agree. Because, you know, he, he, I said, okay, maybe they'll give him a month or two, three months. And they even, they even told compelling stories with him. The story with him with um, Orton. Uh, Orton. Oh, my God, yes. And then everybody was so upset when he lost the belt to... Um, Lesnar. Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't even realize what just happened. Lesnar could have taken him and brutalized him for 15 minutes. Threw him around, suplexed him, imposed his will, split him open if he chose to. And it's I said... Hey, and, and I said... And, and the other thing was, do you remember that year, that, that very same year, Lesnar was in the Royal Rumble at number one as the champion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he obliterated everybody. Except for McIntyre. Dude, no, 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 no. And a low blow from Ricochet. <laughs> uh, that too. But there were well, then there's three people he really, really didn't really go in on. Ricochet. Keith Lee. No, not Keith Lee. Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, and Kofi Kingston. And in fact, they kind of they kind of started turning the tide on him. Oh yeah, he, I remember that. I remember Keith Lee yeah. came in after the fact, and he put yeah. up a little bit of a fight. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Keith Lee too. And that's another one that they don't even, uh, when they said they, they announced the the, the 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 name change for Keith Lee. Bearcat, what's that? I'm like, and it's amazing to me. And 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 I, and I try not to be one of those guys. He's oh, you don't homage, know anything about. He's absolutely paying homage to to Bearcat Wright, and it, it's amazing to me. When people say, "I've been watching wrestling all my life." Since 2004, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's been around for like 70 uh, some years. I said, yeah, you need to really do your, do, your, do your due diligence, learn your history, learn about Bearcat, right? Learn about Bobo Brazil, learn about Pork Chop Cash, learn about Seaman Art Thomas. There's so many great black performers, Sweet Daddy Seeky, guys who you should know. You, because every Edge and Christian, didn't he? Yes, he did in Canada. Yes, he did. And if you look at him, 
you look you you see a lot of the mannerisms the rock and that's another guy he worked with his dad a lot with rocky johnson so a lot of what you see the rock do Siki did in the 60s and the 70s you know and this did and i tell people i said you stop trying to make everything a social uh, an sjw case oh and don't get me wrong i believe the representation matters in, in pro wrestling i do but everything isn't oh well you know you don't care about but it, it's, everything is not that you know and trust me I, I i absolutely believe that you know it's important that people of color people of all all um all walks of life should be represented in in pro wrestling, but I hate when people make it, and I, I'm going to get in trouble when I say this. I know I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get tweeted and canceled or whatever. So what are you going to do? Not not book me. So I just, I just, I think sometimes people they use these they use these platforms for their own. That's their lane in. You know, maybe you really don't care about these things. Some people honestly, legitimately do. You know, but there are some people who say, well, we got to do this so we don't get in trouble with such and such. We got to do this so we don't get in trouble with so-and-so. Listen, like me, the show that I booked is, is these are guys, these are kids that I believe in. This is talent that I believe in. This is talent I believe needs to, needs to be seen. You know, I, these, are, these are people who I think have been marginalized and they have really not had a chance. And I'm going to give them an opportunity and I say, listen, I'll give you the opportunity, I'll give you the platform. You go out there, you show them what you got. I can't make you wrestle or not wrestle the way you want. I can't do that. But this is an opportunity for you to show and shine what you got. Shine and show what you got. You know, but I, I, I think honestly, sometimes um, there, was a, um, there was a company in Pennsylvania uh, maybe 15 years ago called Pride Pro Wrestling, run by Eddie Valentine. Eddie Valentine's openly gay. And he was running an openly gay wrestling show. And he asked me if I wanted to be on the show. I said, you know, I'd be honored, but, you know, I don't think that, you know, who says, well, you can just protest. I don't want to do that, though. Because to me, that was, I would feel like it would be an affront to what you're trying to do for me to pretend to be something that I'm not. You know, I, I wouldn't want, and I, I say, I, I appreciate you, but I have absolute respect for what you're trying to do. And I don't want to be a footnote that could possibly make you be seen as somebody who's not taking your cause seriously, you know? And I, and I, and I told him, and, and him and I actually ended up working together uh, for quite some time in uh, PWA in New York and, you know, you know, absolute respect for one another. Like, you know, I respect, I respect, if you believe in what you, if you believe in what you say, I absolutely have absolute respect for it. I'm never going to vilify you. It's not about a phobia. I, I, I think that's such a misnomer. I, I think when you say you're this phobic or that phobic, I may not agree with your ideology, your lifestyle, but that doesn't mean I'm afraid of it or I don't think you have a right to speak. I don't, I don't believe that either. You know, I miss, I just may not agree with your ideology, and I'm not. I'm not here to judge you. That's not my job. And that's why, you know, I, I, I see people like Effie and uh, Billy Dixon and, Ash, and, and more power to them because 
they're reaching out to their communities and they're 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 representing their for their communities and they're successful at it and they're damn good wrestlers damn good wrestlers damn good performers you know and you know, I I, I love the the, in, uh, the intergender bonanza. I, I just think there's so much like there's like you said, there's a smorgasbord. There's so much for uh, whatever you like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like the hardcore stuff, if you like the deathmatch stuff, if you like the flippity flops, and you know, and nothing against them. I, I'm 51 years old. I wish I would do a flip. You know, it's just you know, <laughs> there's something for everybody, and there's so much out there and i think if we all realize our power as a community as pro wrestling and instead of destroying one another we uplifted one another and supported each other wrestling would be an amazing force there would be a lot more new fans that would come in because i mean i think i think Fans, I think fans from the outside still see wrestling fans as like as like the outcasts, as like the weirdos. Yeah. But yeah, if everyone were to preach how actually good it is, I mean, you'd bring in a lot more fans. So, like we were saying, is if everybody would support one another and you know really, really would push to really uplift the sports, like we wouldn't have to worry about companies closing. You know, we wouldn't have to worry about well, I'm going to get my 15 fans to come to this show and you can't go to that show because they don't like me or I don't like, it shouldn't even be that way. Like there's literally so many companies right in this, in, this, in the area, like uh, in, in South Jersey, uh, and they could, you literally could have something running once a week, supporting each other. Hey, I'm going to go support this show. And we're going to, some of us are going to go to this show out here and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Just support each other. Like, um, I'm, I'm really grateful to Super Crazy Pro Wrestling because um, I'm, I'm running in, in, their, in their building on the 13th. And I, I'm really, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate to be with them for the, for the past two, three years. And they've been giving me a lot of support leading into, into this event. And I think everyone should come to that event, which starts at 12 o'clock, Service to Doom 3. It's going to be super packed, super packed show. Um. Uh, Where I can think, people get uh, tickets, Ron? For the well, I, you can. Um, well, number one, follow follow, uh, follow the, the 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 Twitter, Pro Wrestling R One at at Pro Wrestling R One. That's the um, that's the Twitter, and um, uh, also on the Instagram Pro Wrestling R. You know, um, there's links there's links on the event page for the Ticket Leap page. There's, there's tickets on Ticket Leap. Uh, you can look hit hit me up uh follow the twitters follow the instagram hey i want tickets let me know i'll we'll, we'll set it up you know we'll make sure you have tickets you know it's uh there's there's, there's um i I'm gonna, what i'll do is I'll, I'll make sure that i link you guys mm-hmm. with the event page and and in the social media follow the social media yeah yep. uh, you know follow share the event you know uh, you can get tickets at the door too uh, twenty dollars for general admission, twenty five for ringside. Kids five to twelve, ten dollars. You know, I believe in you know, just come enjoy it. Come see a great, great, great show. 
uh, packed top to bottom. Like I said, Super Crazy's running at 12 o'clock. We're running at 7, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and if you go to the Super Crazy show, you might be able to get discount tickets to our show. <laughs> there you go. You know, so come on, it's come on, come on, support wrestling right in Westville, New Jersey, 1030 Delcy Drive. Come to this, it's um, the Super Crazy Wrestling Entertainment Center. You know, great place, great place to, to, to see wrestling. Um, so much fun and, and, uh, for the family, for the, for the, casual wrestling fan for the hardcore wrestling fan we got a little bit of something for everybody All more right. fun than watching more fun than watching johnny grunge let drop new jack through a press table i mean it's just so much fun stuff you know just just it's something for everybody at, at, at these shows and you know like i said i got i got talent coming from everywhere matt vertigo is going to be on the show uh adam kane isaiah wolf i have something exciting it's called the lucky seven scramble seven of the best young flyers young talent all vying to win the prize and of course the main event i'm facing off against black g's and i think in a match i've been looking forward to for the last 20 years and uh it's, it's going to be great um matter of fact on the whole the whole show the whole cards on the twitter pro wrestling r1 uh, it's on the event page, Pro Wrestling, Pro Wrestling R presents the definition on Facebook. You'll find the event page. Um, links for the uh, for the uh, links for the tickets are on the event page, and there's also a Pro Wrestling R fan group. Join and discuss, and you know we're interactive. We're gonna, you know, there's going to be merchandise for sale. You know, come get a shirt. My language. Yep, there it is. Come get a shirt. Come get a picture. You know, come come support indie wrestling. Yep. Absolutely, so we will. Uh, we will definitely uh, be there. We can't wait. Um, we haven't gone to a uh, in wrestling show in a little bit now, so I can't wait to actually uh, go back to an event and get with the crowd and sit and watch wrestling live and in person again. So, um, but Ron, we can't be, wait. I want to ring the bell. Let me yeah. ring the bell. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> Rob, thank you so much for coming on. It was great talking to you. Great seeing you again. And uh, we'll be seeing you on the 13th. I'll see you on the 13th. I, I'm, I'm so honored you guys are coming. Can't wait. Looking forward to it, brother. All right. Have a good one. You too.